Welcome to the Half Boards. I'm Kyle Crichet, and this is episode 25. For this week, we're going to take a look at what's happened thus far in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We have seven teams already advanced, and one series yet to be decided. That is the Nashville Predators versus the Anaheim Ducks. So let's start there real quick. That series forced a game seven uh, as of last night, thanks to a well-played game by Nashville, undoubtedly. Uh, I didn't think either team was bad. I thought both teams were battling, playing well. Uh, I missed stretches of the game because I know, uh, like probably some of the listeners here, uh, we were a little more focused on what was going to happen with St. Louis and Chicago. But from what I did see, um, seemed like a decent game. Both goalies playing well. Both teams looked like they had their chances, had some good looks. Uh, it was back and forth. That's been a great series. Um, I... Congrats to Nashville for taking it as far as they have. And if they win that series, what an upset that would be. Um, Just think, uh, after playoff brackets, that potentially the Chicago Blackhawks, the LA Kings, and the Anaheim Ducks could all be eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Man, if the Capitals had somehow gone out as well, that would have pretty much busted, I assume, uh, every single bracket except for some um, some diehard Homer fans that just you know couldn't ever root against their team. Uh, but regardless, that's going to be a good series. Uh, fairly low scoring. We've seen it kind of back and forth. We've seen some 3-1 scores, some 3 nothings. Um, goaltending's been a big thing. The defense has been good on both sides. Lots of points coming from the, the decors on both teams. Uh, both teams there have, have bright, bright futures on the blue line, Nashville especially. Uh, you know, like we talked about in previous episodes, when your team is set up so nicely that trading Seth Jones seems, uh, you know, fine. Uh, it means you got a damn good defensive core there. And the Ducks between Vaughton uh, and, and Lindholm, uh, they're, now they have some issues in the summer. They're going to have to try and nail down all these guys who are RFAs. Uh, but even Fowler looked great. He signed for a couple more years. Uh, lots of options there for the Ducks. Uh, game 7. Back in Anaheim, we're going to see if Nashville can do it. I'm not fully convinced they can. I'm hoping, personally, from a personal standpoint, I'm hoping they are able to do it. I think that would be phenomenal. And I do give them this advantage, though. If we look back at Game 7s for the Anaheim Ducks over the past few seasons, if we go back to 2013, Number two seed, they lose to number seven seed, Detroit Red Wings, in a game seven on home ice. Massive upset, huge heartbreaker. Last season, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the Ducks seem to be firing on all cylinders in that conference final there, looking to plow through the Hawks uh, to finally make it to that cup final again and, and likely bring home a Stanley Cup. And again, can't get it done in a game seven. So I'm hoping... That although the Ducks are a damn good team, I will definitely give them that. It's undeniable. The way they played down the stretch coming into the playoffs was absolutely unreal. 
But, you know, that's a Game 7 curse there. So either this is a big one for the Ducks and they can get over that curse. They can kind of move on from that kind of uh, harsh criticism of their, their fairly good team over the last few seasons. Or they go down again in a Game 7, this time in the first round of the playoffs again. Uh, you know, there's going to be some issues there in Anaheim because that's a budget team. It's a team that doesn't uh, dish out a lot of big money contracts. They kind of money ball it, especially in their depth, to make it work. And they got some big decisions coming up between goaltenders that are RFAs and defensemen that are RFAs that uh, there might be some new looks to Anaheim. Uh, and definitely some, uh, especially some of those RFA defensemen, maybe like a Votnin, uh, a nice piece to maybe dangle in front of some of the teams that, that need some blue line help, which is uh, a many now in the in the National Hockey League. But keep your eyes peeled for that. We'll cover that series a little bit more once it's finally over and we figure out who our matchup is in the next round. Let's switch to the first team that was eliminated uh, in these Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, and that was the Detroit Red Wings. They went down four games to one uh, versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, now, cause for the concern for the Detroit Red Wings, I would say 100% yes. Uh, you know, they started the series with Jimmy Howard and eventually went back to Peter Mrazek, their young stud goalie. Uh, he looked uh, true to form, making some people's uh, questions that maybe he was injured down the stretch there when he... Uh, fell off a cliff so suddenly after posting phenomenal numbers. Um, maybe they were right about that injury because he looked like a, a fresh, fresh kid with with some new wind going side to side. But even still, that's that's five point three million dollars you got tied up in Jimmy Howard for a couple more years still, and uh, he's quite clearly at this point not your guy. That's issue number one in Detroit. Number two, how bad was Detroit's defense in this series? Just atrocious. The fact that they were scratching Brendan Smith in games one and two, despite the great advanced stat numbers that guy has, his puck possession numbers are through the roof. Uh, you know, the team is scoring more when he's on the ice. He's making plays happen. Everyone's possession rises when he's out there, and yet still he's a healthy scratch. Um, lots of criticism on Jonathan Erickson, who's eaten up $4.25 million of that team's cap until about 2020 or 2021. I've never seen a defenseman that big and, and supposed to be that tough, that afraid to go into his own corner. The amount of times he just whiffs it on, on corners or you know goes to brace himself for a hit and ends up making a stupid play or rushing the first pass out of the zone uh, because he's uh, afraid of taking a bump like this is a Tampa Bay Lightning this isn't the LA Kings like this isn't the Winnipeg Jets like you don't have to keep your eye out for Dustin Bufflin streamlining in on you like this is Nikita Kucherov giving you like a tap you got probably 40 pounds and a couple inches on the guy that how important is that first pass? We saw Detroit get burned so many times because they couldn't get out of the zone. Uh, you know, Jonathan Erickson on the ice when they can't can't clear the zone takes a penalty. Tampa Bay scores in the final few minutes. I believe that was Game Four to go up three one in the series. Uh, you know, the Game Five. He's sitting there watching the pass from Peter Mrazek. Yes, Mrazek should have definitely got a little more wood on that that puck, but. To just stand there and watch it come towards you as Kaloran basically grabs this gorgeous gift you put on his goddamn stick and sends it in front so they can end your season while you watch from the corner. 
Big problems in Detroit. Again, we saw Tatar and Nyquist look okay, but you know, not the kind of production we they expect from from those players. That's a player, uh, Tatar and Nyquist, 28 and 29 goals respectively last season. Nowhere near those numbers this year, just over half uh, for those guys. I believe Tatar was still second on the wings and goals, but uh, a good almost 10 away from where he was. Uh, and I, I'm sure Detroit expected both those guys, or at least one of them, to break 30 this year. Um, and and it, it just wasn't happening. It just wasn't going for him. Some bright spots. Dylan Larkin, phenomenal rookie season. Uh, you know, he put up some decent points. He led the wings in goal scoring. Uh, fast as lightning. Uh, that's There's a future there with that kid. He can play the wing, as we saw all year he did here. Uh, he can play center. They might have to look to him to be Datsuk's replacement. Still haven't got a, a straight answer from Datsuk on whether or not he's leaving or, or staying. So not really going to touch on it now. We know if he leaves, the wings are on the hook for a $7.5 million cap hit, um, effectively burying that team, I would say, for at least that season, uh, probably longer than that, though, um, unless Holland's able to work some magic and move that contract to a team who's maybe looking to get to the floor. Um, but it's going to cost them. It's going to cost uh, for a team to take on that kind of money. They're going to be expecting a prospect or a pick in return. And Holland said he's not ready to trade away the future, and they might just swallow that cap hit. If they do, look to that to be a bad team next year. Um, but still, Andreas Athanasiu, another young kid, fast as well. Uh, he was probably Detroit's best player at a lot of times in those games, even though getting minimal ice time, less than 10 minutes a game. Uh, hopefully that guy slides up into a top-six role because I think especially after that playoff performance, he's proven he can hang in the NHL, and uh, he, he's ready for a little bit more ice time. Tampa Bay, though, you know, the deeper they go, the closer they get to maybe getting Strawman or Stamkos back. We haven't got an injury update on either of those guys really yet. Um, but still, looking pretty good for uh, uh, for a team missing their number two defenseman and their number one center. So uh, was there some worry if I was a Tampa Bay Lightning fan? I would say definitely because there were times where Detroit absolutely dominated them, and that is not a very good Detroit Red Wings team. Uh, luckily for them, they get the blessing of being uh, an Atlantic Division team and get the Islanders who were able to topple the Panthers in the next round, which I don't think is a very difficult matchup for, for the Lightning. Uh, I think they're better at every position there. Uh, so while we're heading that way, the Islanders were able to topple the Florida Panthers, number one seed Florida Panthers in the Atlantic Division, so second overall in the East, taking out the first wild card spot. Uh, or sorry, losing to the first wild card spot, the New York Islanders. Um, this was basically the John Tavares show. Uh, the first couple games of the series, it looked like neither goalie was concerned with making a, a save in this game. And towards the end, it looked like no one was going to be able to score. Uh, we saw game six and 2-1 in a double overtime. The hero again, John Tavares. He ties it up. Deep, deep into the game, less than a minute left, and he's the the OT hero later on. Uh, both teams, things to note, round one, both teams playing short benches by the time they got into that um, that overtime scenario. Now, first round, not a huge concern. You know, you're shortening that bench. But when it comes to, say, a conference final or, man, if either team would have got to a Stanley Cup final, uh, you're going to start losing against those teams that have the depth, who can roll those kinds of players, who can who can wear out your guys who are playing every second shift. 
cause for concern for sure, but I don't think either of those guys were real, real competitors this year. Some good for Florida. You know, Aaron Eckblad got some playoff experience. Uh, Barkov, Huberdo both look great, although they have some aging questions like Luongo kept them top of that division almost single-handedly at times. Um, expect him to regress. I think those numbers are a little too good for a 37-year-old to come back next year and put up again. You know, Yager's only getting older. Uh, they got uh, some decisions to make when it comes to Willie Mitchell. You know, they traded some stuff to bring in Yuri Hoodler. Um, <clears throat> you know, some decent stuff going on there in Florida. But we talked about on the show earlier, you know, that we would not be surprised if the Florida Panthers were a first-round knockout. And uh, here we are. Burns even worse after uh, the Florida Panthers owner talked a little bit of shit on a radio show and said, uh, you know, at this moment he would have, this was right prior to the playoffs, would prefer to play the Islanders over the New York Rangers because he's afraid uh, that the Rangers would have a better shot at beating the Panthers. And uh, here you are with your foot in your mouth as uh, the Islanders topple you in six. So Islanders moving on. They're playing the Lightning. Uh, if I'm calling it now, I'm taking the Lightning. Uh, we saw Ben Bishop steal games already in the first round of that series. I think he's better than Thomas Grice. He's got more playoff experience. I like Tampa Bay's defense better. Um, you know, there's there's definitely some great pieces on the aisles there between Boychuk, Letty, uh, Hamannick. Um, but, you know, top to bottom, I like the size of Tampa Bay's defensemen. I like the way they can move the puck. They can play physical. Um, the forwards is going to be a real duke out because they're going to have to do some some real searching to figure out who they're going to put to to shut down that Tavares line. Um, you know, you kind of at this point, I would imagine you got to keep Kucherov away from Tavares, um, but you might have to lean on the triplets to to be the only team, the only line, sorry, with the the speed to to really keep up and and hopefully suppress the. Tavares Ocposo assault. Uh, state of the penalty box. Tampa Bay was taking some stupid penalties in that first round against Detroit. Uh, if they let the Islanders go to the power play, they've got a lot of weapons. Franz Nielsen, you know, uh, I consider a fairly underrated player, especially when it comes to the power play. A real power play specialist. Johnny Boychuk with that bomb from the point. Nick Letty can score from anywhere. John Tavares, Kyle Ocposo, you know, there's, there's so many weapons on that power play, you can't let it. Uh, go to work more than more than twice a, a game, or they're gonna they're gonna burn you for sure. Um, switching over, but staying in the East, we saw the Pittsburgh Penguins basically steamroll the New York Rangers. I may have got a little bit cocky in our last episode. I think I called. Uh, I was reminded by a listener that I called the Penguins in four games. Um, good thing in my bracket I took Penguins in five, but. Penguins were just on fire, incredibly effective, uh, firing on all cylinders, playing that north north south game, just speed, 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 getting contributions from everyone they needed it from. That power play was thirty eight percent, thirty eight percent in the first round. That is a deadly, deadly power play. The league average was nineteen percent. Uh, in that first round, so they're almost twenty percent, almost doubling up uh, what what the the average power play is doing right now in the playoffs. They're also averaging four point two goals a game right now, four point two goals a game. 
shooting on Henrik Lundqvist and a probably one of the better defenses in the uh, in the playoffs right now. I'd say definitely top three in the East, uh, and absolutely just shaming them. Uh, Phil the Thrill Kessel looks great. He's firing Carl Hagelin. Who knew that Carl Hagelin was maybe the missing piece they needed to to get some guys going? He's flying all over the ice, uh, playing magnificent with Phil. Love it. Crosby's playing great. Latang putting up the points. They got Malcolm back. Didn't look too hot in his first game, then followed that up with a four-point performance. Uh, he is Geno Malkin. He, he's an animal. He's a monster. This is a scary, scary team right now, and I would be very afraid to play them in the next round, considering that was Matt Murray in net. This is a, a rookie. He's only played less, I think, less than 20 NHL games, period, let alone playoff games, uh, and he looked like a stud in net there. Uh, definitely probably going to see that kid full-time next year on the Penguins. Zach Coff, you're probably gone. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury still trying to recover from that concussion. You know, concussions are weird. Some days it looks like Fleury's going to play. It looks like he, it looked like he was going to play from the start of the series. Uh, he's having some setbacks. He's having some issues with the concussion stuff. Um, hoping for, for a good recovery from him. But right now, you know, Penguins are looking all right without him. Washington Capitals. Pretty damn good team. I'm sure a lot of you have uh, them going pretty deep in your bracket. President's Trophy winners. Uh, home of Alexander Ovechkin. Looked great right out of the gate. Went up three zip. Looked like they had a good chance to to sweep the Flyers. Uh, Flyers getting in some penalty trouble, and that's a power play that will just destroy you and pick you apart. Um, Alex Ovechkin alone can bury that puck. Nicholas Backstrom, setup man, also with a great shot. John Carlson, incredible. One of the more underrated defensemen, I think, as well, especially when it comes to quarterback and that power play. Um, huge goals from him, uh, times they needed it most. Uh, and the addition of TJ Oshie as that net front presence, also just good at getting in the way, good at deflecting those shots, got good hands in tight for rebounds, uh, looking great. Evgeny Kuznetsov, Justin Williams, everyone seemed to be pulling their weight, playing a decent game. Braden Holpe, absolutely on fire. The The Caps are only averaging one goal against per game. Holpe's got a 9.68 save percentage after that first series. Um, just looking stellar. Looking like the Holtby we all expected to see when it came to, to playoff time. Uh, you know, there were some hiccups a little bit in the road. Philadelphia had that insane game where Michael Neuverth, after uh, pulling Steve Mason from the starting role, came in with a 44-save shutout. Um, that's just one of those games where you just you can't get the puck to go. Uh, that guy came to play that night, game of his life. Um, Capitals cleaned up that series shortly after, eliminating the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, not too much concern there if I'm a, a Flyers fan. This is the first time, probably a long time, the Flyers look like maybe there's some hope coming. Uh, you know, they've got Provorov coming on defense. They've got a bunch of great prospects in there. Um, Spare put together what we can consider an absolutely insane season, easily becoming their best defenseman by a landslide in like two-thirds of a year. Got himself in, in, in Calder Trophy talks. Um, still a fairly young core. Giroux still doing it. Simmons still pretty good. Braden Shen, although a little bit of a hothead, you know, he had decent numbers this year. Um, 
we're, we're going to see what happens with the Flyers. I wouldn't be too concerned if I was them, though. Uh, if I was the Capitals, I'd be a little more concerned right now because you're facing up against the Pit- Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, there's really two series, man, three even. Uh, th- this feels like it should be a conference final. It feels like things should have, have, have gone differently. Uh, should we have the old playoff format? It would have. Um, but, man, could you imagine a, a Capitals-Penguins uh, conference final? It kind of sucks that it's going to happen now in, in the second round. We're going to see one heavyweight. And I, I can't see whoever advances from this not going straight to the Stanley Cup final. I can't see any team stopping either the Penguins or the Capitals uh, in, in this postseason. Um it's the matchup the NHL wanted. You can kind of reignite the what is pretty much non-existent, but the media loves making uh, the Ovechkin-Crosby rivalry. Um, we're gonna see some some great depth go against uh, each other. You know the the Backstrom Ovi line versus Crosby, and Crosby's had man, he's had Hornquist on his wing. He had Malkin on his wing for a little bit this playoffs. Um, we're gonna see the red hot Kessel Haglin line go up against. Uh, one of the breakout players this year, Kuznetsov, and Mr. Game 7 himself, Justin Williams. Uh, it's going to be a battle, regardless. And it's going to be a, a high-scoring, high-speed war, I, I I foresee. We'll see what happens. I, I give Washington the edge in goaltending uh, with Holtby versus either a rookie goaltender or a guy who's coming in off of not having played a playoff round yet if Fleury does return. Um, I like Washington's defense better. But, man, Pittsburgh has just been firing on all cylinders and and rolling really, really well. If I had to pick, I would go ahead and say we're going to see a Washington Capitals-Tampa Bay Lightning conference final. Uh, But, again, would not surprise me for a single second if it's the Pittsburgh Penguins there. Um, Either way, we're going to have a a good series in this one. And uh, a good series beyond that, because even if the Islanders, if the Islanders do get through Tampa Bay, uh, it's going to be again because of John Tavares. And uh, I, I'd love to see some some stars in in some conference finals for sure. You know, whether that's Tavares, whether that's uh, Sid, or whether that's Ovi. Um, fine with me. I'm just here for some some good hockey, and so far it's been damn good. Let's switch over to the West, uh, where last night. Probably the biggest, the biggest upset, one of the one of the bigger bracket busters, um, but a series that if you had listened to our last episode, when we gave reasons for who to choose when it's just too close in your bracket, uh, and and that series was the Chicago Blackhawks versus the St. Louis Blues. The St. Louis Blues defied all odds, defied all history, defied all the haters for once. Finally, after three years of just brutal disappointment after phenomenal regular season showings, they managed to topple the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2 in Game 7 on home ice. Now this one makes me feel good for a couple reasons. It makes me feel good because, number one, we were picking some brackets off some advanced stats, specifically Corsi. And uh, so far, it's done a pretty damn good job of predicting, uh, especially when it came to some good teams who we might see falter, like the Chicago Blackhawks, who I believe we said were in 14th when it came to puck possession at season's end, which was not good. Uh, It's really helped 
kind of foresee things that, you know, maybe we're blinded by. Maybe we just, you know, when you see the Hawks, it's so hard to bet against them. You see that lineup. You see how many times they've done it. Three cups, you know, in the past like five or six years. Uh, it's so hard to count them out, especially when it comes to the first round, and especially when it comes to a team they've already done this to before. So, congratulations to the Blues. I think first and foremost, lots of good stories there. Brian Elliott, after you know maybe taking the taking the brunt for some some losses he didn't deserve in the past. Uh, you know, taking the back bench to Jake Allen last year in the playoffs. Uh, after another phenomenal season of putting up great numbers, he finally wins that playoff series. Um, David Backus, Alex Steen, Shattenkirk, Petrangelo, Bowmeister, all guys who have been there through the shit, who have, you know, had to their character and their, and their skill criticized uh, for some early round knockouts. Congratulations on advancing. Tarasenko absolutely hot fire what i would give to have a player like tarasenko on my team he can score from anywhere just oh what was it game game six i believe it was his goal he just got a pass in the first period there was a defenseman in front of him Corey crawford was already in great position he had to one time this wrist shot and there was maybe a puck size worth of space in between that defenseman's leg and stick and the crossbar on Corey Crawford's shoulder. And that's exactly where he puts that goddamn puck. Uh, I wish my team had guys who could shoot like that. Um, his numbers in the playoffs are absolutely insane. He's scoring at a ridiculous pace uh, in situations where where other guys uh, just naturally regress. You know, there's less power plays. You get less chances. Everyone's playing a little bit harder in the playoffs, yet it seems to only help Tarasenko. And this is a guy over the last couple years of playing in the NHL who has not had easy playoff matchups. You know, playing against Chicago twice, uh, that Minnesota team that upset them. Uh, a, a true superstar. And, and it's, it's going to be phenomenal to watch him against... The Dallas Stars, who also advanced after uh, eliminating a Minnesota Wild team that gave them some scares. Uh, this was another series I was incredibly cocky with, thinking the Dallas Stars would advance for sure. They did end up advancing after uh, a little bit of drama, you know, giving up four goals in the third period of that game. They eventually did eliminate the, the Wild on. Big ups again. I say it all the time. Jamie Benn, if he was playing in any big hockey market, would be the biggest player on the planet. If that guy was on a Canadian team, you couldn't go anywhere without hearing his name or hearing people talk about him. He does everything. He's a leader. He's a damn good goal scorer. He can snipe from anywhere. He'll fight. He'll check. He'll do it all. He just gets the job done, and I love watching him play. Uh, getting that job done as well, by the way, without the help of Tyler Sagan. Jason Spezza, another guy who you know kind of gets glossed over, put up another phenomenal offensive season this year. Um, talk about wanting experience in the playoffs. Yeah, they got Sharp. Yeah, they got Oduya. Yeah, they got some guys like that. You know, Goligoski's seen some playoff runs. But goddamn, has Jason Spezza ever come out, especially in that elimination game, and do everything he needed to do? Uh, he's scoring. He's getting assists. He's winning draws. He's tough to play against. Uh, he's keeping that team afloat despite the 
just horrendous goaltending they're getting uh you know what seems like every second game between Niemi and Lettinen if there is any weakness for that team it's like we said going into the playoffs it's going to be those goalies those are two goalies that could burn them real bad but right now they're scoring at such a pace it doesn't really seem to matter now you're going up against the St. Louis Blues who gave you a good run in the regular season beat you a couple times uh, a team that plays a tight tight defensive game team that hits, unlike how Minnesota, you know, Minnesota's not a, a soft team by any means, but this is a St. Louis Blues team who will be pounding you at every opportunity they get. That forces mistakes, that forces turnovers, and uh, you start making turnovers with goaltenders like that in your net, uh, they're going to make you pay for it. Uh, that's going to be a high-flying series. One of those other series where I'm like, damn, I wish this was a, a conference final because it's going be, to be a war. And, and we'll see, you know, the the weight that I believe has been lifted off the St. Louis Blues shoulders after finally taking out the Blackhawks and advancing past the first round. First time, by the way, since 2000. Um, God, like, it, it must feel good to be a St. Louis Blue right now. And uh, staring down Dallas, basically the rest of the way, you're looking at opponents that were, were easier than the matchup you've already, already completed. So they got to feel confident going into this. Uh, Dallas, it looks like they're going to get Sagan back. That's a huge, huge boost for that team. But they just oh, they need some saves. They need some saves real badly if they're going to hang in on this series. Um, but look for it to be a high-flying uh, uh, balls-to-the-wall series. And Dallas uh, leading the the postseason so far in uh, in their Corsi and their puck possession numbers. They've been possessing the puck 56.1% of the time. Uh, well ahead of a lot of the competition. Uh, St. Louis, a little further back there. They're in the, the bottom half there. Uh, that's not much of a surprise. They were playing a difficult Chicago Blackhawks team and went for the, the kind of ground and pound, uh, hit the team into submission kind of thing. Uh, and you, you know it worked. Like, look at the game-winning goal last night. Robbie Fabry, not a big kid at all, a rookie, makes a big-time check on the defenseman trying to leave the zone. Gets, you know, folded in the process. But he threw that body. Turns the play backwards. It goes into the zone. He gets into that zone. He takes that shot, which is eventually buried by Troy Brower. Uh, you know, it's just hard work. The little things that the St. Louis Blues are willing to do, that depth has been dispersed a little bit more from, from first line to fourth line. Uh, this is a team that looks looks like they're ready to win. Looks like they're, they're playing desperate but not overly emotional. Uh, I, I just like the way they're looking. I like Ken Hitchcock. I like Brian Elliott. I like that defensive group. Uh, can't wait for that series versus Stars. It's going to be a great one. Uh, now, one of the biggest upsets, the LA Kings going out to the San Jose Sharks. Ooh, that was a big one. That was a big one. Again, it's St. Louis Blues type scenario. We've seen the Sharks just get embarrassed lately in the playoffs you know whether it was getting swept in four games uh three years ago by by the la kings or whether it was going up three zip against la two years ago and losing that series in seven games you know the joke was when when san jose went up uh uh, three, three, one, or three, zero in this one. It was like you know, this is uh, exactly where the Kings want them. You know, it's it's the Kings. They're gonna find a way to come back. Uh, and if you remember, we were picking our brackets based off of uh, our Corsi numbers and the the Corsi leader 
at the end of the season was the LA Kings. So if we're going off of our theory that seven of the last nine cups have been won by a team who finished in the top three of puck possession numbers at the end of the year, we're, we're still good for two for three, although number one is now eliminated. LA Kings gone. So if our bracket turns out to be correct in those in those choices on who you should have picked, uh, if you pick the LA Kings, I'm very sorry. Spoiler, I also picked the LA Kings, so my bracket's not looking too hot uh, at all right now. Um, but number two, if you'll remember, Pittsburgh Penguins, still in it, still looking phenomenal, although likely facing their biggest test right now versus the Capitals uh, until at least getting to the finals for their Western opponent. And number three, Dallas Stars going up against the St. Louis Blues. So all three of our, our, our top three had had seriously difficult first-round matchups. Uh, so, man, we'll see. Maybe maybe the streak can be broken. Maybe this 7-for-9, maybe this is one of those years, one of those two like we saw where, you know, just someone random just makes it happen in the playoffs. The intangibles, as, as the old folks like to say and uh, talk about, uh, you know, same guys who decide to pay shot blockers uh, big time money, and then they get stuck with guys like Dan Girardi. Uh, now, the Sharks have never really been my team per se. Uh, I, I have uh, got many laughs at their their inability to get it done when it comes to playoff time, but I did feel like this past off season, uh, Joe Thornton specifically took a took a, a beating. Um, maybe some consider it warranted. I personally consider it a, a unwarranted, uh, just character shaming essentially. Stripped of the captaincy, uh, his leadership questioned, his skills questioned, rumors of him getting shipped out, traded. Now I still stand by the fact that if they would have traded him, god damn what a return that would have been. And uh, how how things could have looked different in this playoffs because he's still a phenomenal player. He still put up an insane amount of points in the second half of the season there. Uh, but part of me does feel a little bit good, a, a little bit warm inside to see that you know maybe Joe is silencing the critics. Maybe uh, he was undeniably one of the best players on the San Jose Sharks in that series. That power play quarterbacks uh, pretty much single-handedly buried those Kings. And uh, he was a focal point in all of it. He was getting under everyone's skin in L.A. He was making the plays happen. Uh, you know, he seemed to have gave Hurdle back that magic touch we saw in his rookie year. Um, this is a guy who came to play. Brent Burns looked great. Martin Jones, one of my favorite picks from uh, a fantasy perspective this season. Coming into the uh, the regular season, uh, look great, you know. Especially must be huge for him beating kind of your guy, beating Jonathan Quick, the guy who who you were you were learning under for so long. Uh, now, the problem is being in any side of the West, like we we've seen, whether you're in the Central or in the Pacific Division, uh, is there's really no easy route to the Cup. So San Jose is going to get the winner of Anaheim Nashville and either way you're facing a tough draw Nashville fourth best puck possession team at the end of the season uh, they've got Anaheim on the ropes right now they win that series that's going to be a huge confidence slash momentum booster for them I think coming in as the underdog again I don't think bothers them for a second 
and if it comes down to a goaltending defense battle in the next round, uh, that's one San Jose is likely going to lose to uh, to the Predators. Uh, but even if the Predators, you know, they get eliminated, you're getting the Ducks. Either way, you're you're having a bad time. Uh, for the rest of rest of your Stanley Cup run, essentially, even if you beat the Ducks and or the Predators, you get the winner of St. Louis Dallas. Like it's it's not a fun run to where you need to be, and that's a run that could really take some of the wind out of your sails. And you might get an Eastern Conference opponent who's maybe had a little bit of an easier stroll there to a Finals, uh, who's in a little bit better shape than than some of your guys. So, regardless, it's going to be a war all the way to the end there. Um, now. We've talked about you know the good, the bad. Uh, what is what is worrisome? If if you're if you're a team, we already talked about the Detroit Red Wings. They're in some deep water there. Uh, they have to basically have a miracle off season to to be the Detroit Red Wings. We we've come to expect over the last few years. Um, they need minimum a, a top two defenseman. Which if you look at the history of of some of the trades that has happened, uh, top two defensemen. Sure as shit, don't get moved that often. And when they do, it requires big time pieces. Like, you know, getting a Seth Jones took a Ryan Johansson to lure that. Ryan Johansson, a six foot three, 200 plus pound centerman who's put up massive points in the last two seasons and is just an offensive and power play wizard. Like, that's a, there's no one in Detroit's system right now. Or playing on that roster that has anywhere near the skill Ryan Johansson has. So that, it's just not going to happen. You're not going to get those guys. Uh, maybe you get lucky and sign something in the But you're not going to just sign a one or two defensemen. Uh, those are the guys that get renewed and locked up long term by those teams. Like I said, it's going to take some kind of miracle trade. I just can't see it getting done. Uh, New York Rangers, that's another team I would be super worried about. Um, you know, I've had uh, I've had some exchanges with listener Matt Carroll, big time Rangers fan. Uh, I'm sorry, Matt, for what I'm about to say, but I'd be I'd be sweating real hard if I was a Rangers fan because Lundqvist is only getting older, uh, and he got you know at times hung out to dry by that uh, Rangers defense. Uh, but did not look like the king we've seen uh, the past couple years. Um, so I, you're worried on that front, number one. Number two, the amount of high picks they've traded over the last few years. They lost arguably their, their top prospect, Anthony Duclair, uh, in the Yandel deal. Uh, they lost some picks in that as well. Uh, they lost some picks when it came to the the deal that uh, shipped Ryan Callahan out for, for Marty St. Louis, a guy that's not even on the roster anymore. Uh, Rick Nash, you know, mediocre playoffs, uh, huge one, Eric Stahl, nothing in the playoffs, not a single point, uh, relegated to third line, basically, uh, another little tidbit, if you'll remember, uh, the only time Eric Stahl decided to light it up for the Rangers, uh, we saw a glimmer of what he used to be, uh, he put up two goals, in uh, one of the last games of the season for the Rangers. Uh, played well in those last three games. And those three games arguably forced the Rangers into having to play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. Had he not shown up, had he done what he did in the playoffs, uh, the Islanders very likely would have 
leapfrogged the New York Rangers, and the New York Rangers would have got to play the Florida Panthers, and we'd probably be having a much different conversation about that team right now in the first round. So congratulations, Eric Stahl, on putting up no points in the playoffs while everyone in the world is watching you because it's the New York Rangers as you go out and seek a new contract while also at the same time uh, helping to bury that team in the first round. So disastrous move from my perspective at least, uh, bringing in Eric Stahl, which, yes, you did dish more picks for him. Uh, Keith Yandel, I can't see him not walking away from the Rangers this offseason. He is a UFA. Uh, There's been rumors for years because Yandel's a big-time Boston boy that he's going to go to Boston. That is a team that does need a defenseman desperately, uh, and the the asking price right now for defensemen is just so high. I think that that, that free open market is just going to be way too tempting for Keith Yandel. I think someone's going to throw some big-time dollars at him. I would not be surprised if that dollar amount started with a 7, and I think he signs elsewhere. And this team's going to have to do some searching real quick uh, to figure out what exactly they're doing, where they're going. It was a respectable run, but I think when people look back on it, uh, you know, a Stanley Cup final appearance just just isn't going to cut it for for the amount of picks, prospects, the the future they gave up to try and make a cup happen. Uh, but I understand it completely. You know, you have the king, you have Longquist and Net. You got to make it work every year because the window is closing on that. Uh, so that's just what it takes, and that's the National Hockey League. It's just, especially with a cap, it's just too damn hard to compete every single year in a row. Uh, you know, sometimes the, the, the heavyweights got to fall and they're just falling quicker. And, 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 you know, we're getting that parody the NHL talks about all the time uh, a little faster. You know, there's the first round that sees, could potentially see no Hawks, no Kings, no Rangers, and uh, maybe even no Ducks. Uh, that would be absolutely insane. Uh, but regardless, that was a quick look at what has gone on in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know, there's the the big time storylines are out there. We're seeing the stars step up, which uh, ha- has been enjoyable. It's been a star studded playoffs. We've seen Backstrom and Ovechkin. We've seen Jamie Ben, Jason Spezza. Uh, you know, we've seen all kinds of guys pick up the slack. John Tavares single handedly end the 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 Florida Panthers seasons essentially. Um, Braden Holtby putting up probably the best goalie performance so far. There's so many different storylines. There's so much stuff firing right now. Um, I'm just loving this playoffs. Now, it's it's been kind of bittersweet. You see all the reports. and Oh, lowest ratings uh, for this, this hockey season. No Canadian teams being in there. It's really killing it. Uh, if you're just a fan of hockey, of good hockey, of great hockey, um, this has been a phenomenal playoffs. You know, there's been some great games. It's very rare. You know, there's some of those Islanders-Panthers games which look like, you know, vintage, stupid playoff rounds where, you know, everything's going in, bouncing off bodies, whatever. But for the most part, it's been tight hockey. It's been exciting. It's been physical. It's been it's been north-south. It's been east-west. It's been everything. There's been highlight real goals, uh, saves, hits. Um, you know, I, I'm just saying I don't think there's that much to be sad about. And I don't think if you're a true hockey fan, you even take to heart for a second any of the, the bullshit about ratings or any anything like that. Uh, if you just love the game, there's no better time of the year. And uh, that's how I feel about it personally. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, hopefully going to get Tim and back in. Tim and back. 
I almost said Tim and Backus. Tim and Ben back in here next week. Uh, we're going to talk some more about the playoffs, some stuff we love so far, uh, some stuff, to, uh, some trends we like, some trends we don't like, uh, make some calls, take a look at what the other rounds are going to bring us, and, and just get excited for the next round of playoffs realistically and uh, get stoked for some more hockey. Uh, if you want to reach out, we're the half boards. You can hit us up on Gmail, thehalfboardshow at gmail.com. If you have questions, suggestions, uh, anything like that. Uh, Twitter, best way to interact with us, uh, thehalfboards19. Uh, Twitter handle there. You can tweet at us, uh, see the articles we post, uh, anything like that. Uh, Facebook, if you search the Half Board Show, we got a page on there. You can give it a like there. You can listen to the episode right off that page. You can uh, communicate with other people there. Uh, you can tell me how angry I am that I disparage you, New York Rangers, or any other team that you like. Um, probably calling out to Islanders fans. I'm not really giving them a chance here. So if you're an Islanders fan, let me have it. Uh, anyways, thanks again. I'm Kyle Crichet. Keep your stick on the ice, and uh, we'll see you soon.